0: welcome to the pageantry podcast
1: and today's very special pageantry podcast guest calling in this morning the founder of ipop mr ron patterson good morning ron good morning carl how are you you know i'm doing excellent we've gone around Great to see you it's wonderful to see you this morning i know it's a little bit earlier for you as for me uh we've going right around and trying to set this up so i'm very excited to be able to speak with you this morning about all things ipop i'm looking forward to it i have a lot to say are you ready i'm ready let's just jump right into it what exactly is ipop well the full name of
0: it is international presentation of performers um went round and around with that name to best describe what we do um we Recruiting over 30 countries, Uh, there's members in uh, over 30 countries that bring the best uh, actors, singers, models, and dancers to IPOP. And uh, I have over 400 agencies, casting directors, record labels, uh, agents, uh, producers who are members of IPOP, and uh, they come together. Uh, We have a biannual event where these performers get to go on stage and perform in front of all of these professionals, the movers and shakers in the industry. And of course, that has led to me having uh, into the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are working in the industry.
1: That's amazing. Tell me about the impetus behind the founding of IPOP.
0: Well, it started, as you know, I was the president of John Robert Powers International for 27 years. Um, We had a hundred offices throughout the world. And, uh, you know, it's an acting and modeling schools. And uh, I dealt with people all the time that we trained. They, many of them came from theater backgrounds. They, they were great potential. Uh, they could work in this business, but they didn't have the outlet that they needed to meet the agents. And I remember as a young man, my story, I, uh, at 17, wanted to be an actor. And there, we didn't have Zoom, we didn't have emails, we did not have any of that kind of uh, vehicle that we have today. So, I drove in a jalopy car to Los Angeles and slept in my car for three months, knocking on doors all by myself. No one would see me, I couldn't get past the receptionist, and etc. So, I um, uh, finally, I, I think it was the 35th. Uh, agency I went to I finally had someone that gave me the time of day and that's how it started for me so realizing that we were training people at John Robert Powers realizing my own personal story I saw the need to take these talented people and put them in front of the people who can do something with them the agents the modeling agents the acting agents the commercial agents the theatrical agents the casting directors, the record labels, the dance companies, and
1: that's how IPOP got born. And you are the founder of IPOP, but now you have a president in Kirsten Pullen, correct? That's correct. Uh, uh, Kirsten
0: is the president. Uh, We rotate the presidency, and uh, she has been with me for over 30 years. She goes back to the John Robert Power days, uh, she was one of the first people I hired when I got involved with John Robert Powers as the owner. And uh, she's been with me all of these years. And then um, it was just a natural fit when I sold John Robert Powers and iPod became what it became. Um, you know, it's not a one man band. You can't c- accomplish any great company thinking you can do it by yourself. Uh, I might have an ego, but I, my ego does not get in the way of being practical and what's best for the company. And Kirsten has assets that I don't have. She has skills I don't have. Uh, we make a great team because I'm like a band leader. I I know how to get the agents there. I network them. I've known them always, but she holds the glue. She's the glue that makes the you know the spreadsheets, the details, all the things to put on an event. You've been to my event and you. See, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of work to come off the way it comes off. Uh, that's why she's a great president.
1: And it's a very impressive showcase. And with the great IPOP team with Pearson as president, why do you still work? Uh,
0: well, I am 68 years old. I've worked for over 50 years. Um, I come from a very poor background. Uh, there's 11 of us uh, kids um, to my mom and dad. And, uh, you know, I slept on a Florida, I was uh, 13 years old, no indoor plumbing, uh, lived in the Four Corners area of the United States. And, uh, you know, I thought Christmas was the Salvation Army backing up to the, uh, our house and we got to pick a toy. Um, there was no such thing as a Christmas tree or anything like that. There was no money for that. I uh, walked to school for three miles, my siblings and I, And uh, this gave me an impetus of being uh, the young one of the crowd of these kids. It gave me the impetus that I wanted more. Uh, God gave me a different gift. It wasn't the gift to be a mechanic. It wasn't the gift of being an engineer. I mean, I'm lucky if I could start a car. That's how unknowledgeable I am about automotives and all of that. I passed out at the sight of blood, so I could never be a doctor or anything like that. But I always wanted to perform, I was always a showman. Uh, My first chance to show was uh, in the religion that my parents were in. And I got to get in front of the congregation at five and six I learned early on and so did the church that I was a good speaker. And by the time I was 15 years old, they used me on a speaking circuit. I was speaking in Candlestick Park in San Francisco, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, Yankee Stadium in New York where there were 30 to 80,000 people. And I became an accomplished speaker. Um, and then uh, I just thought that you, anyone can come from anywhere and accomplish what I've ended up accomplishing and you know I had a lucky break so when I was 17 years old I I got a janitor job at night at JCPenney and um, the uh, Mormon elder that was the manager of that store uh, approached me a couple times early in the morning because he would get there at 5 a.m and he um, said to me one morning, he said, Ron, you're always whistling when I come into the store. Uh, he says, why are you so happy? And I said, well, my parents told me that God's watching and I'm working for them. I'm not really working for you. Um, I'm working for a higher goal, a greater purpose. And that was the work ethic my parents installed in me. And um, and I, and of course at that job, um, being a janitor, I didn't think anyone would ever notice, but he did. And and not to bore everyone, but the short story is that a few weeks later, he called me up to his office and uh, JCPenney wanted to put me on a management trainee program. And I was just stunned. Because, you know, at that time, my whole purpose was to be a missionary. Uh, I was working hard to be a missionary. That's why I was working. Um, I wanted to be an actor. I, I wasn't working to be a janitor, for heaven's sakes. And uh, the idea that I was going to have a career with JCPenney was not in my realm of things I wanted. And, but there was one catch. I didn't have a college degree. My parents didn't have the money to barely send us to school. In fact, my older brothers and sisters, I'm the only one that graduated from high school. And so uh, Mr. Fletcher said, well, that might be a problem, but I laid it out on the table and uh, I got JCPenney did it anyway. It was a two-year training program and uh, it was a piece of cake for me. I finished it in about uh, six months and it was a whirlwind. And before I did it at 19 years old, I was in
1: New York City working at the corporate office. That's an amazing story. And of course, coming from the background that you did, how did you rise above poverty? Uh, Well, in addition to the job at JCPenney as a janitor,
0: I would leave that job and I would go make donuts at a bakery. And then I um, left that job and sold shoes at JCPenney. I gave one check to my mom. I used one check to pay my little expenses and I saved one. And my mom, bless her heart, they were savers for whatever pennies they had. And I had enough money to get into that jalopy and go to LA and I kept working. I've worked like a dog always. I'm almost approaching 50 years of working. And that's why I still work. Getting back to your question, why do I work? It's all I know.
1: And that makes two of us. It's it's, it's an amazing story. Um, and going back to you know, LA and IPOP, can you explain the IPOP experience, what they can actually expect as potential talent coming to the convention?
0: Yeah, what actually happens at IPOP for these uh, performers that come, um, I've tried explaining a thousand times as I I still am very involved in the process of getting recruiting people. Um, and they always tell me when they see me, your words did not even begin to explain the transformation of my child, or of me for those that are over 18, um, that got the five day experience of iPod. Um, They just absolutely uh, are mind blown, because you can't put into words all of these movers and shakers that come to IPOP. I mean, people who submit for Disney, people who submit for Nickelodeon and Hulu and Netflix and Paramount, on and on it goes. These are the kind of agents and casting directors that are present. And once they realize that, once they get to actually sit down at a table, I I arrange a table where there's two agents at every table with parents and a performer at a luncheon. Um, these performers get auditioned on the first day. We hire the LA Fashion Week uh, uh, choreographer, uh, Suzanne Von Schack, who has a New York Times bestseller book. She puts on a fashion show. She I've been a friend of hers for 25 years and she auditions the best of the best in the models, the kids and the adults. Uh, we put on a, uh, talent showcase for the actors, singers, and dancers, and they put on a Broadway play. Uh, We've done everything from Grease to Glee to um, the one with Hugh Jackman, the greatest showman on earth. Every year it's a different thing and it transforms these kids and it empowers them. Uh, Just as this did for me as a young man, what it did for my confidence, what it did for someone to say, wow, you're good. And for someone to say, we're gonna give you a chance. Um, that's what I'm giving these kids. I'm giving them an opportunity, a chance that they would never have on their own. It's impossible to get through these doors of these people. I know, because I witnessed it as a first man, firsthand as a young man. I'm giving them a chance to meet movers and shakers that can transform their life. And I look at people like Josh DeMall, for example. Uh, from Transformers. I mean, he's a major movie star. But when I first met him, he was debating whether to go to medical uh, dental school or go, uh, you know, uh, to uh, become a model. And he came to uh, John Robert Powers in Sacramento, California. I had the chance to meet him. He was poor as a church mice and, you know, he wanted it, good looking guy. And uh, so uh, at that time I had a home in LA too and I invited him down. Uh, I helped him with photographers. Um, He borrowed my clothes. He had nothing decent even to wear in a photo shoot. And anyway, he went to the convention and he won male model of the year. And uh, he ended up getting a job at, got him a job. working uh, with uh, a a top agency in LA in their postal room. And uh, then he got to know one of the agents and they found out that he was studying acting now and his goals and long story short that agency hired him and uh, as uh, on their roster for uh, agents. And he ended up uh, getting on Days of Our Life, a, a soap opera, it was his first gig. And of course, then he got on Transformers and lots of other things. I don't need to bore everyone, but that's an example. I have another example of Brenda Song, whose parents were Laotian and Vietnamese, couldn't speak the language. Grandma couldn't speak the language. And a church in Sacramento adopted that family or sponsored them. And uh, when Saigon fell, when the American troops pulled out, A lot of people who supported the United States were slaughtered, we all know the history. Well, they were fortunate enough to escape on boats and they ended up, they were airlifted off of a office building in Saigon and uh, they got on a boat to the Philippines. And then all of these refugees coming out of Vietnam, the world uh, affluent Western world started sponsoring them and bringing them. And so this particular family couldn't speak the language. And this little girl through the church that they that had sponsored them brought her to John Robert Powers. And I had the chance to meet Brenda when she was three and a half years old. And uh, she went to the convention, actor of the child actor of the year, child model of the year. She did a lot of catalog work and print work, but she ended up getting uh, Sweet Life on Deck. You can Google Brenda's song, S-O-N-G. Um, one of the highest-paid Disney stars of all time. She's with Macaulay Culkin now. She has her own child. She's thirty-something years old, multimillionaire. Uh, bought her mom a home in Santa Monica, California. I can bore you with stories like this over and over and over. I never get this.
1: I never get bored listening to these stories, and this is really what the glamour lifestyle industry is all about. And with IPOP, as opposed to just an annual, you mentioned it before, that you actually do two per year in Los Angeles, one in January, one in July, except during this COVID break, obviously this last year, you were here in Orlando, where I am based. Why do you do two as opposed to one a year?
0: Well, there's two. um, Most people don't know the term pilot week. It's actually more than a week. It runs about six weeks and it's in February and March, the big one. And that's where all the new projects, um, uh, you know, people, uh, the producers and directors trying to sell their new projects. And um, so it gives new faces a chance to be hired. And so I do it purposely in January because all the agents and casting directors are there. So they see the new faces and it kind of jumpstarts these kids before the pilot season begins. The second minor pilot season is uh, September. And so I do the one in July, so again, the agents have a chance to see some new faces. So it's it's strategy. It didn't just happen willy-nilly. It happened on purpose.
1: And of course, you have a, a very diverse background from missionary to J.C. Penneys, uh, et cetera. How did you really get into the industry full-time? When
0: I worked in uh, New York City, um, I got put into, of all things, um, advertising and promotion. And uh, I excelled. And so I got the chance to, uh, I became a fashion show producer for JCPenney. And um, uh, they saw the talent I had. And I didn't even know I had that talent at first, but people at JCPenney saw it. And uh, so I got to work with the likes of Elizabeth Taylor, Sharon Stone, Halston. I did shows in DC, New York City, Chicago, Atlanta, San Francisco, Los Angeles as new lines like Elizabeth Taylor had diamonds. She came out with that whole line. and Halston, of course, JC Penney did a multi-million dollar deal with Halston. They brought in his gene line and, Etc. He was the first one, for those that don't know. A lot of designers now have their first designer couture line, and then they have a more Main Street line. Halston was the first guy that did that, and he did it with JCPenney. So I'm the one that got to launch these things um, to in, in the way of a fashion show. And then every year JC Penny did, we did a salute to Great Britain one year, we did a salute to India. Um, I got to work with ambassadors. I got to work with uh, dignitaries on all levels. Going to Britain, going to India, as we put these big shows together that were going to take place in the United States. And one day, I had the chance. Um, I was picking models for a show, and I had a, a beautiful young lady that came through. I maybe by now was 20, 20 maybe. I was young, having this great career already at such a young age, already had bought my first house. And I uh, met a woman who was a model and we ended up getting married. And uh, she uh, did that for a few years. I worked at JCPenney, continued that career until I, into my late twenties. And uh, then, you know, in the modeling world, late twenties, you know, that's kind of getting old. Uh, I it's not my idea but that's how the industry is so she decided she wanted a modeling school and uh we interviewed uh we were going to go with John Casablanca's and I had given a $10,000 check I met with him that was on a Friday and the day uh on the Sunday newspapers across the United States John Casablanca's the scandal broke with him and um and I'm not gonna say the name of the model, but she was well known, but she was 13 years old. And uh, this the, it broke about the owner of Elite and the owner of John Casablanca's uh, and this uh, girl and drugs and etc. And I knew that that was not my morals. I still was a big time Christian. And, and I knew I didn't wanna be associated I tried getting the $10,000 back, couldn't get it back. So then I interviewed with Barbazon and uh, um, and I met the, in San Francisco, one of the main people. And uh, again, I'm not gonna say the name because that's not how I am. But I remember him sitting there and I said, you know, I'm with JCPenney and I can bring 17 magazine I can bring Hispanic magazine all the magazines because we advertised in them and all of those editors were my friends and I said I could do huge promotions and I remember he leaned back in his chair he says that sounds like a lot of work to me and he says if that's what you want to do uh, he says we just get leads and I give them to people and they bring people in and I said well I'm a working guy I I don't want this not to work I'm a worker So I knew that wasn't the right fit. And then the next one was John Robert Powers. I met this beautiful man, Irv Gore and his wife Constance. Class, dignity, style. I couldn't believe it. And I just thought, now this is me. And uh, and the rest is history. I got my first franchise of John Robert Powers. And I became within the year, Darlene and I became the number one John Robert Powers Within three years, uh, I had three. Within five years, I had nine. And uh, we became the powerhouse in John Robert Powers. And then when it was time for the granddaughter of John Robert Powers to step aside, for Irv to step aside, um, every, everyone else in John Robert T- Powers thought they deserved that, but it was offered to me. And uh, I was young. And that that was hard for some of the people that had been in Powers for a long time. Uh, A lot of resentment, a lot of hesitation about me. But it went from 11 J.R.P.'s when I got it to over 100. We introduced acting. It had never been done before. It was all modeling. And John Robert Powers has greats like Lucille Ball, Elizabeth Taylor, Henry Fonda, Montgomery Cliff. I can go on and on. of the people that Angie Dickinson, um, uh, Ava Langoria, um, just great people at the industry that uh, went to John Robert Powers. And it's still a great legacy. Uh, it changed my life forever. I was going to retire and I bought this ranch. Uh, and after three months, I uh, sold John Robert Powers to the a beauty queen, she had been a former beauty queen in Illinois, Colleen Collins. Love her to death. Class, style, everything that I wanted the legacy to continue. But after a few months, I knew uh, by then I'd make Kirsten the president of iPop, And I really had this idea that I was gonna ride horses into the sunset, but it wasn't me. So I plowed myself into IPOP, I'd sold powers. And so here I am, I work every day. I love every minute. I am a worker, I outwork everyone. I would like to know who can stand up and say they outwork me because they don't. And I know they don't, they know I don't. And I have respect from all of the members. I have respect from all the people I deal with because they know I answer my phone. They know I return my emails and I'm talking about clients now, people that I hardly know, but I I freely give my phone number and my email. I freely give it at IPOP on the closing day when we're finished. Um, I say, if you have any obstacles, you need any help, I give it out right at the podium in front of a couple thousand people. I don't hide, I'm available. And, uh, and that's the respect that I've earned. I don't demand it. You can't uh, demand respect. I've had a few people in my career, maybe more than a few, their egos get in the way. And they think just because they get a position, they, are, they demand respect. And I try teaching everyone, you don't demand respect, you earn respect. And in time, not, in short order, people will pay attention and you will get that respect. You never have to ask for it. You never have to demand it; it just comes, and that's a true leader, and that's who I look for today. Even so, I'm thinking about the legacy of IPop, and I try finding people that work the same. I don't want anyone in the company that does not work. Uh, it, you know, I it just does; it's not the way you do business. And one of my mentors, I've had a few, uh, was the great Helen Rogers, because you got to remember coming from a poor background. I didn't know a lot. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a sponge and I learned a lot, but Helen Rogers taught me such style. Um, I learned, I, that's why I love that woman and she's now gone, but I think of her every day. We were very good friends and she was the president of IMTA. And, um, and we became really close and we you know, shared dinners together, theater together, dinner together. But I credit her and Irv Gore with JRP for helping me to learn really how to dress, how to pull it together, how to never step out in public in your home clothes. You always, you never know who you're gonna meet. I learned that from the great Helen Rogers. And uh, I had other mentors, uh, the great Bella Perez from Guam, uh, Belta Perez. She 88 she was with john robert powers and here i was just this punky little kid for all of them i was a punky little kid young not even 30 and she took me under her wing and embraced me with her graciousness
1: and i will tell you that i have known belta for many many years and for those of uh, us in the industry know that she recently passed away here in the fall of 2021 we'll have Uh, something about her in the next edition of Pageantry Magazine. But she was one of a kind. And I know that you're actually planning on doing something uh, in her honor at the upcoming LA IPOP convention, January, 2022. Indeed, we are going to, she's
0: irreplaceable and uh, a big hole in all of our hearts.
1: She was uh, someone I look forward to seeing twice a year at least. And when she walked into a room, you knew that she had arrived and everybody knew her and everybody loved her. Can you define a statement? Through adversity, you rise to the stars.
0: Yeah, I. through adversity, you do rise to the stars. Um, I personally don't know anyone that was born rich that did anything great in their own stead. Um, they lived in the shadow of their parents or their father, whoever it was that, that made a company that made it rich. I see it with movie stars, kids. I see it with CEOs. Um, you have to have some hard knocks. To run a company, you can't, uh, you've got to be tough. And uh, you won't know how to act and how to handle people if you haven't had adversity. So I know what doing without is. I know what uh, not having anything is. I still, to keep me humble in my office, I remember I have a grocery list taken from a tablet and it came out to $11 and I think 61 cents. And I only had $10, Darlene and I, um, to buy groceries. This was early on uh, when we first got together and tried to scrape to buy a house and all of that. And I remember I had to cross off a couple of things on that grocery list to get it to $10. And um, I remember once getting a flat tire and um, I don't even know how to change a tire. And I tried and I was on my way to office. Uh, I lived outside of New York City. Uh, Once I had a little money and where I could afford something because you couldn't afford it in New York City. Originally, J.C. Penny paid for an apartment, but I eventually had to get my own place. And the car um, got a flat tire, and here I am on the freeway in a suit, going to work. By the time I got done with that tire and got to the office, I had grease on my face, grease on my clothes from head to toe because uh, I didn't know what I was doing changing that tire. And I just uh, made up my mind: this is I'm never changing the tire the rest of my life. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do, work like a dog, outwork everybody. Uh, that's how you become tough. That's how you become branded. That's how you become worthy to run a company and have people to follow you and join you. So if you want all you young people out there, if you wanna make it, you need some adversity. And I know I deal with the thousands in my career, parents with kids. You're on welfare and you're on food stamps. I've dealt with parents through the pandemic who have lost their jobs. Um, I don't just discount because I find someone that's talented and they can't afford it. I do everything in my way to help them to find sponsors. Uh, I don't let a talented kid go unnoticed, and um, and that's another reason for my success. And I always try helping parents. Don't tell your kids you're poor. Don't say that because you get that in their head. Tell them, like my mom did. My my mom told me I could become the president. She told me I could be anything I wanted to be. I didn't know we were poor. We read the Bible together. We ate as a family. I thought that's what the whole world did. And I felt like we were rich. And even though as I got older, I realized we weren't. Uh, So parents and you kids, parents, teach your kids to work. Take your circumstances, whatever the adverse situation is. That is what's gonna make you turn into a diamond. It's what is gonna shoot you to the stars. What advice would you give to an aspiring performer? Respect for moms, respect for your sisters, respect for women. Because at least in my company, and my experience, they are the number one workforce for me. They are who made me successful. So I gave them opportunities. I took people who had very little, young women, and some. Most of my women are single women, and uh, I they paid their mortgages, they bought their cars, they had a good life. I made. I gave them the chances to become business owners with me. And I turned many of them into millionaires. Um, that's my advice to people work hard. People like me will notice just as I got noticed and we pay it forward. That's our job. The scripture says when a lot is given, a lot of this is expected. And I believe that motto and I try uh, preaching it and, and living by it every day.
1: Of course. On the advice, we kind of went in to the young talent as well as the parent, which kind of jumped ahead on me by a question. If someone says, I want to get into this industry, yes, work, yes, study, perfect their craft. What do you tell them as someone who just comes in, hasn't been to training, hasn't been you know, to any callbacks, hasn't been, you know, to any interviews, whatever industry it may be. What do you tell them? Carl,
0: what I tell any new person who comes in, it's the same principle. Uh, you, It's not a producer and a director and an agent's not coming to your house with a limousine taking you away. You've got to work at it. You've got to start studying. You've got to take acting classes, get in school plays, get to your local. Uh, every community has a local. Uh, association where the kids can go many times at no charge taking a- acting classes, not just acting classes, but other things. They can play soccer. They can play baseball. Um, there's They do cheerleading now at these places. Every little town has them. You've got to get involved. Um, you're, it's not gonna happen automatically. Then if you have some basic skills then the next step is you've got to have connections because without connections you're lost I know thousands of people that I've met that have been in theater their whole life in local community theaters but they don't they don't make money you volunteer your time and they don't get to meet agents and casting directors so what did Ron Patterson start doing? I started going to the Missoula Theater. I started going to the Globe Theater. I started going to places where I could see young people perform. And I've got other actors, I mean agencies doing the same thing. These kids, even though they've been in theater and some parents have been in theater, they've never met an agent once. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have the connections and that's what I can do for you guys, whether you're in theater, dance school, drama clubs it doesn't matter you need to meet the power people and ron patterson can do that for you i promise
1: and that is through the ipop modeling and talent convention
0: it's from coming to ipop meeting these people in person performing in front of them then having me you know i'm a good pitch person and you know i can't tell you i have said photographs to the elite modeling agency to the ford agency and they'll say oh no that's not right for us and then this very same person has been there in person with me with them and all of a sudden uh, oh my gosh i this girl's amazing and elite has signed them ford has signed them img has signed them la models has signed them boss models on and on it goes So uh, you need somebody that can package you, that can present you and network you. And that's what Ron Patterson does with IPOP. Uh, If you want your chance, you can either stay at home and sit on the couch and wanna dream of wish I woulda, coulda, or take some action like I did as a young man and get your butt to IPOP so you can meet these people and perform for them. And I'm a working uh, founder, I'm a working CEO. I will help you. I will be with you. You don't come to IPop by by yourself. You join me on the first day. And from there on, I have staff that holds your hand, guide you. Um, You're guided the whole time through. And while you're there, I have industry professionals that will work with you for a couple of days before you get on the big stage in front of these agents and casting directors. I have people like Ryan Kelly uh, from MTV's Big Ben and Teen Wolf. I have Hannah Cat Jones from Austin and Alley uh, that works with the actors. I have Suzanne Von Schock who um, works with the models. I have uh, James Lugo who's been a coach and judge at American Idol. He still is very involved, has a record label. He helps our singers. I have Jay Ward, who's been an associate choreographer on the TV show Glee, and he helps our dancers. We don't have you come without having industry people to prepare you. And then the last three days when you come to, to the IPOP convention, you're going to be in front of agents uh, if you're an actor you're going to perform soaps and sitcoms and monologues and commercials if you're a model you're going to have photos going up you're going to uh, do the runway if you're a singer you sing three times if you're a dancer you dance three times Uh, we're a computer program so in advance all your photos and resume and music all comes and it goes to our i.t people so that when the agents are sitting there Your photos go on big screens when you perform, but on their computers, your name comes up, your photo comes up, who you are comes up. And then there's a box for callback and, uh, and they make notes. And then I get a computerized printout, which agencies want to see every person. And then uh, the rest is history.
1: Amazing, Ron, just amazing. And I've been, you know, to several conventions in L.A. and of course here this past summer and uh, 2021 in Orlando. And I'm looking forward to coming out uh, to Los Angeles in January. Do you have any parting thoughts? My uh, parting thought is I've never
0: felt like I've worked. Um, even going back to the JCPenney days as a janitor, um, I still do things for God's glory. I still work for my mom and dad. Find something that you love to do. Have a higher purpose. Be caring, be giving.
1: And you will have a rewarding, rich life. I totally agree. And I'm almost speechless, which is hard for me, as well as you, to do at times. It's been a very insightful and emotional interview. I think... uh, a lot of our listeners and viewers will have a better understanding of your passion uh, for the industry, as well as for the IPOP convention. And Ron, I cannot express my gratitude enough for you taking your time this morning to visit with me. Thank
0: you, Carl. I appreciate it so much. We've been longtime friends, I know you're an expert at what you do. I'm an expert at what I do. And it's so great to be in the company of knowledgeable experts. And I look forward to seeing you in January at IPOP. And it's going to be another great event at the Biltmore Hotel, January 17th through the 21st. I can't wait to see all the people that are coming from over 30 countries and all the agents and casting directors. God bless you all because I couldn't do this without you. I couldn't do this without people like Carl and all the other people I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Ron, has been my pleasure. And today's very special guest on the Padgettree Podcast has been the founder of the IPOP convention, Mr. Ron Patterson. Ron, thank you so much today. Thank you, Carl. God bless you.